Hello there and welcome. Nesson, it's the spread. Nesson's Football Picks Podcast. Nesson.com's Mike Cole here, joined as always by Ricky Doyle. Ricky, look at this. We're back uh, back together. Yeah, first time uh, of this season doing it in person. Yep. Um, it's probably good because I deserve to hold my feet to the fire a little bit. Um, coming off, wasn't my greatest week, I'll say that. Uh, it was it was not your greatest week, no. no. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're going to make our, our football picks here for week three of the NFL season. We'll get into that momentarily. Uh, we'll do a little, you know, you and I catching up. But, yeah, I think we can start there with last week. We came in last week, and we were ready to spike the football. Oh, while piss and vinegar. That's while, sure. while acknowledging that this was not last forever. For you, it lasted zero weeks. Yeah. Nope. So water always finds its level. Sometimes earlier than you would hope, but for for those lucky people joining us for the first time this week, uh, we'll get into our you know our three best bets of the week. Um, then we'll kind of just putter around the rest of the league before we get out of here. Um, and you know, so we do a three unit play, a two unit play, a one unit play. You had a great first week, fantastic. Yeah. You were you were up six units. You hit all of your bets. Last week, you hit none of them. Yeah, well, the ebbs and flows. <laughs> that's right. Can't get too high, can't get too low. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, I actually meant to ask you this. I don't really know. We'll just do this on air. What's our accounting situation here? So, are you um, just, you're back to even? That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, that's when we hire our intern, who's got to have a lot on their plate when they start. Uh, between research and accounting and whatnot. So we'll have them take care of it. Yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, I've got a few people in mind. One of them might be getting married soon and might use the extra money uh, on the side, <laughs> you know, true. bring it back full circle. Um, but that is a joke for literally, or an illusion for like four people probably. <laughs> uh, you had a rough week. Yeah. Which is a, a way for me to talk about the fact that I had a great week. Yeah, you had a really good week. I hit all of my best bets last week, so I am up nine units through two weeks. You hit what? Two out of three first week, and uh, yeah, but they were my my two of my ones. I didn't oh, hit my big ones. Though. But um, betting wise, real money. I'm down for the year, despite the fact that Sam Paniadovic and I are four and one in the super contest. I'm for both we were eight and two in the super contest. I'm eight and two in my pool at home, my pick'em pool. Uh, I went seven and nine last week in our picks. You went six and ten, so I'm having a pretty good year, minus money. So I, yeah. I'm an idiot. I just follow, <laughs> can't follow my own stuff. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, you know any any real big takeaways from week two? Well, I was gonna say more more broadly, I guess as we look back before we look ahead. Um, I don't know. I mean, my like, I, I guess we we kind of had this conversation earlier when I first got into the office that it, it, it feels like, and I guess you could say this is the case going back a, a few years now, but especially so this year, there's only really a few teams that are like consistently good week to week that you can really bank on. Like this, it just feels like there's so much variance now. Like there's, there's so many teams in that second tier as opposed to being the, the upper echelon. Like you look at obviously Buffalo rolling again, um, I mean, you probably put the Chiefs in that category. Are you looking at there. the standings right now? No. Can you name all the undefeated teams for two weeks? How many are there? Six? One, two. Probably five, three, six. four, five, six. Okay. So you got Buffalo. Correct. Kansas City. Correct. Uh, Miami. Correct. Giants. Yes, that's the one I know you get. Uh. Tampa. Correct. 
And one more. Oh man. Great, great podcasting. Just, yeah, just give it Philly. Uh, oh, Philly, yeah. Philly, who, by the way, they might be the best team in the NFC. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I don't uh, know. I mean, if, yeah, if you believe in Jalen Hurts, then Which, they've got, like, uh, I kind of do. They've got skill players. You got to, the, the problem with them is, like, the two things that I have the toughest time buying in on, which isn't necessarily a f- reflection of them, but just I haven't seen it a ton, is quarterback and coaching. Yeah. And, like, they both could be really good, though. Like, that's the thing. And if that's the case, then, yeah, they might be the best team in the NF- NFC. Um, and, and going off of the, the, the coaching thing, I think that for the second week in a row, really, you're seeing the effect of the first year head coaches yeah. for better or worse. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, you know, you look in Miami, what's going on with Mike McDaniel, obviously the impact there. Um, meanwhile, you got Josh McDaniels blowing the lead in Vegas. Nathaniel Hackett still can't get out, get out of his own way. Meanwhile, the Giants, who we just mentioned, they're two and zero with Brian Dable, so kind of all over the map. But it's pretty interesting to see how these first year head coaches are faring through two weeks. The one, the one head coach I really had like the strongest take on. Other than, like I thought Dable would be good, but like I thought the Eberflus hire was so curious and so odd. Yeah, and like that's played out exact. Like it's just. That's yeah, you're that's the Bears. You're still the Bears. Yeah. You're just always the Bears. And yeah, there's no difference really no. between him and Matt Nagy from like a just a it's like standpoint. he's like the defensive Matt Nagy. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. He is. Yeah, like he was like a good, not great coordinator, just on the other side of the ball. And their oh. quarterback, he, I mean, ugh, Justin Fields threw the ball like eleven times on Sunday night in Green Bay. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll get into a lot of this stuff as you kind of go. Let's just jump right into it. <laughs> I am playing with a less than full deck of cards today. <laughs> so we're in the office. At home, it's a lot easier. I can just, I've got my laptop up. We're good to go. Uh, here in the office, I had to bring my laptop back here, closed it. I had saved my file. I showed you that I had saved a yeah, file. You did. Open up that file. It's completely blank. So, all of my notes are gone. That's all right. So I am going into this relatively blind. I only sort of remember the games I'm picking, so this is going to be uh, a great time. That's you know, it's not terrible though. I mean, I I will say maybe this for the too. better. Yeah, we um. So it, we should tell people that you can get all of our picks um on Nessa.com every Thursday. So while we'll do our three best bets, we will have picks for all the games. Correct. Um. I got this. So we, we, but like I said, we published that on Thursday. I got the Sunday. I looked at my picks. There were probably like three games that I, like, I wish I chose otherwise immediately, <laughs> like before kickoff. Like, I looked at like the, I took the Seahawks in San Francisco. I hated that before that game went off. I hated that I took Cincinnati. Um, what was one other one? Oh, I hated that I took Denver. Like, there were just some games yeah. where, like, ugh, this was. What the hell was I thinking? That happens to me similarly a handful of times a year where, like, on Sunday afternoon in the middle of the games, I'll go to check either my bets, my picks, the records, whatever, and I'm feeling good. It's like, yeah, I definitely picked that. And I look it up, and I picked it. Yeah, I, I was, like, I had what the, was I, hung over when I was making I just, picks or something? I, like, in hindsight, I forgot that I even made that pick because it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, why, just the clear play was to do this, and yeah. you did that three days ago. So. so. And you got to clean it up this week. Correct. I'm, I do at least. Well, you do, yeah. So what's your three unit play? Uh, three unit play. I'm gonna start with a. I'm gonna start with a total. Uh, I'm gonna take the under in the Jaguars Chargers game, which is at a pretty hefty 48 right now. Um, which seems 
very high to me um, when you consider the question marks, obviously, surrounding Justin Herbert um, and the potential limitations he could face even if he does play. Um, I think that sort of th- – that caps the Chargers' offensive potential. I mean, you're – you're literally one hit away from potentially seeing Chase Daniel, and then yeah. you know, sort of all bets are off at that point. Um, but it, but in addition to that, you're also you're still dealing with the Keenan Allen injury, um, whatever his status is. Uh, injuries along the offensive line. They got bang, came out of that Thursday night game pretty banged up. You get the extra rest, but still um, just not ideal from an injury standpoint. I think they'll probably try to run the ball a little bit more. I mean, the Chargers in general are pretty ball control offense. Um, which we also saw from Jacksonville against Indianapolis. Um, not only did their defense play well, but they also controlled the ball for, I think it was like 38 minutes that they had it. Um, so I just think both of these teams, the game script's going to uh, play out for them to to try to just keep possession, um, some long drives. Um, that charges defense too. I mean, you have 19 points to the Raiders, 20 points to the Chiefs if you take out the, the pick six, obviously. So I think there's some defensive upside in this game. Meanwhile, on the offensive side, I think there's question marks for both teams. So 48 points to me, that seems a little bit high. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I should probably have mentioned this up the, the, the top. We are getting all of our, our lines from the consensus at NessandBets.com. So go to NessandBets.com, check out the live odds page. You get six of the best sports books in the country. We were, we're just going off the consensus at the end of that, that row, I think. Yeah. That's what you're going off it, of, right? About that game, too, it is interesting that so that it's Chargers are laying seven right now. And we're recording this on uh, Tuesday afternoon, but so laying seven. So that that suggests that there's there's a pretty good indication that Herbert's probably going to play. And right? Herbert feels like a guy who's, I mean, especially from Herbert to Chase Daniel, that's a pretty considerable drop. We talk about right. like the Mahomes is like six, seven points. Rodgers in his heyday was similar. I got to imagine Herbert with the way people fawn over him now is pretty close to that too. Yep. Especially when your backup's Chase Daniel. No disrespect. This, maybe to this Chase is Daniel. sort of a a meet you in a middle type deal. Like if he's definitely playing, maybe this gets a little bit sure. higher, like eight and a half or so. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, if he was ruled out, I would imagine it would, I don't know, two and a half, three maybe. Do you uh do you know how much money Chase Daniels made in his career? Uh, a lot. It's like forty five million dollars. Yeah, I saw that. Forty five or something like that. With for somebody who is, and <laughs> has not played a lot. No, like I. That's the other thing. I mean, he, I'm not. I'm not even saying he's bad. He just just doesn't play. Just fine. That's a great way to make a living. I'm looking it up, see, he's thrown for 1,700 yards. His career. Good for him. No kidding. Eight that's touchdowns, a, seven interceptions. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a racket if you can get it right. Oh hell yeah! You kidding me? Smart. He's the smartest guy out there. Uh, all right. Yeah, I I I like that pick. That's a good pick. Um, for my three unit. Play Don't if butter I, me up. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a couple picks you said you liked last week too. That, that is true. Yeah, I'm just being polite. Uh, three unit play this week, if I recall correctly, <laughs> is uh, I like Minnesota at home laying six against Detroit. Uh, I told you last week I did not like the Minnesota matchup. I thought Philly would be able to get what it wanted offensively. I also thought you know maybe they you, know, you take Darius Slay, you put him on Justin Jefferson, and you try to erase him there. I thought they did a pretty good job with that. I think they were more uh, more likely to want to play that man coverage that the Packers didn't play in Week One against Minnesota, and the fact that they you know they got up early was able allowed Philly to dictate the play. Minnesota heading home this week against Detroit, I like a lot more because I. I'm still I'm gonna be the last person in on Detroit. Like, sure they're plucky, sure the back door is always gonna be open, but like Jared Goff going on the road here. I know how well Jared Goff played last week, but I just I don't I'm not ready to buy into it. This is their first road game of the season. 
Um, I, you know, I think people are going to be ready to jump off Minnesota where it's like, oh, maybe we were wrong about them, the trendy team that everybody liked. I think you're going to hear the short week throw, thing thrown around a lot here. I think that we're probably sleeping on Minnesota a little bit in this spot here. Uh, Detroit has been horrendous defensively through two weeks. Um, <clears throat> Washington was able to you know, score however many points they scored. Uh, Philly scored 38 in week one against them without really having to work out much of a sweat. I don't know if they can slow down Minnesota's weapons here. I, you know, I like the fact that I could see this being a seven point game. Like I'd feel a little bit better if maybe I could get under that touchdown, but um, so hopefully people come in on Detroit this week and I get this even lower or closer to game time. But I just think that the challenges that Philly presented for Minnesota will not be there this week for Minnesota or for the Vikings. And I think this is a spot where maybe Detroit gets a little bit exposed. If they come out and play a really strong game this week, I might have to start buying in, but I just, I'm not ready to do it yet. And I just think this is a, a very good get right spot and a bounce back for, for Minnesota after what we saw on Monday night. Yeah. The Lions might be a team that you just continue to slam the over. Yeah. I looked at that too. It is, it is sky high in this. What was it? 52. Yeah. yeah they're they're yeah. definitely creeping up there. Um, the market's certainly adjusting that. I got a two part question for you though. Sure. Um, so, the doubleheader on Monday night. Do you like that setup or no? Having the two games. Is it, <laughs> my wife and I really like to watch Jeopardy. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? And Monday Night Raw on Mondays. So yeah. You so full, it. So the calculus is a little bit different. That's the problem. Yeah. Is you're 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 moving every which way in a vacuum. Love it. Yeah. Love a seven fifteen kick for starters. That's awesome. Old man like me, go to bed early, get up early. I like that. The fact that the the second game didn't start any later than it usually does, love that. I'm all in. If you want to put two games on Monday night, do it that way. It's it's it is so much better than how they they've done in the past with like the eight thirty, ten thirty game yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's way too late. I don't know. Like, I guess by it's by the not time a whole Mo- lot different than a Sunday. Yeah, by the time Monday rolls around, I'm okay with that. Like, give me some rest. Like, I need a little downtime after after but a full Sunday. I I get what you're I saying, mean, but like, like, I hate knowing. I I guess here's my thing. Like on Sunday, I hate knowing that four teams are playing on Monday night. That is that part of it is weird. It's like a weird turnaround. But it's it's for the just of doing this especially. Yeah, that's true. It's just one extra hour though. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's. Had my internal clock all out of whack. Tell you what, though, they made the right call going back to the Buck and Aikman thing from last week. Yep. Buck and Aikman doing a game between two NFC teams felt like I was watching Fox again. <laughs> Whereas, like, if they were in Buffalo for that slop fest, it would have been a lot different. Yeah. So instead, you had Dan Orlovsky <laughs> sneezing and farting away in <laughs> Orchard Park. I mean, we should, we'll, we'll probably address that separately, considering our track record of fart breakdowns. I heard uh, he's already blaming it on blue cheese. I'm not even really sure what. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything, that, if there's a, a cuisine worth blaming it on, blue cheese is certainly uh, a side that's certainly at the top of the power rankings. Uh, What's your- the, the more important question, though, is uh, that Monday night game, do you think that said more about the Vikings or the Eagles? Neither. Okay. I just think it was – I'm trying to be level-headed this year. Yeah. No, it's and it's like the game was in Philly. Philly's yeah. good. The Vikings are good. The Vikings didn't play that well. Kirk Cousins, like when your Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you've got a pretty fairly limited ceiling. Yeah. So yeah, I guess – The Vikings it, are probably in that second tier. Right? That the Eagles – I guess to answer your question, if I had to answer, I'd say the Eagles because they beat the piss out of them. Yeah, and they look good doing it yeah. on both sides. They feel – the thing about the Eagles, like not to spend too much time on this, but like they – 
they feel like they're going to be able to beat you out a bunch of different ways this year. The they Vikings can get into a little bit of a shootout. They can keep up. You want to muck it up, they can win that way. Like, I don't know. There's something. It feels like there's something brewing there. The Vikings didn't really give it to them. They went and took it from them. So I, yep. like, I like that about that. What's your, what's your two-unit play? Two-unit play, I'm going to pick what could end up being the worst game of the week, but we might as well sprinkle a little Sick. something on it. Um, I like the Falcons getting two points in Seattle. Um, I, I just think with the, with Seattle, I, there's still sort of that uh, the week one is win over Denver is still sort of fresh in some people's minds, but that took a real fluky set of circumstances, plus basically the best performance of Geno Smith's career, um, particularly in the first half of that game. But you look at the last six quarters for that offense, they've really done absolutely nothing. Um, and meanwhile, on the defensive side, this is a team that had trouble in pass coverage last year. It's kind of continuing into this year. Um, I just think Seattle's a team that it feels like they want to be like this run-first, defense-oriented team, but they're not good at either one of those things. Yeah. Um, and it, it really, that was like their undoing, yeah. even with Russell Wilson, is like they just, their approach does not match their personnel by any means. Um, so I don't know. Coming out of that game against San Francisco, and granted San Francisco's good, um, especially defensively, but I feel like Seattle just peaked with that first, with that week one win, and it's kind of going to, it's going to be downhill from here. Meanwhile, I mean, Atlanta, they're they're owing two, but they're a team that you can at least look at their roster and identify some bright spots, like the weapons that they have. Like they're a team that they're kind of in that Detroit mold. I saw Maybe somebody not quite as good as Detroit, but like I saw somebody plus. compare them to last year's Lions team. Yeah, they, exactly. That's a that's how I feel about them. I mean, you look at Drake London's looked pretty good through the first couple of weeks. I think this is a probably a week you get a little bit more Kyle Pitts. Um, I don't know. This it seems like a coin flip game. So the fact that I'm getting two points with Atlanta, who ultimately I think has the better roster, I'll roll with that. Atlanta's own two with a minus five point differential. I feel like with Atlanta too is like the they're a team where the back door is always going to be open this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They stay on the West Coast too, so I like that. I <laughs> I know I've I'm doing great my picks this year. Could not have been more wrong about Matt Ryan. Marcus Mariota, Falcons pick, uh, take. Like, I think, like, Arthur Smith might be a good head coach, and now he's got a chance to, like, get some of his guys in there. They've built up a better offense. He's got a quarterback in there that he probably likes a little bit more. Like, now we're starting to see, oh, yeah, this guy is a good offensive coach. With You give him, you know, there's going to be some growing pains, but they've got a lot of talent now. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I like that pick, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll lunge over this table in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my two-unit play is I like the over in the Los Angeles Rams-Arizona Cardinals game. This game is being played in the desert. Opened at 51.5. It is up to – oh, no, it's down to 49. Yes, exactly. So I like over 49 in this game. Uh, these are two teams that play with a lot of pace. They're two of the fast – I think they're two of the top five fastest teams in terms of – play to play um they like to move quickly obviously there's a ton of offensive talent on each side of the ball uh and if you go look at the defensive numbers at least yeah i went off of epa drop back per epa uh or epa per drop back excuse me arizona 30th in the league uh the rams 29th in the league the rams run defense has been pretty good but like that's not going to be a huge issue with james connor out and really the cardinals probably would be better off just throwing the ball a ton 
Um, so I like the, you know, I just, I, I feel like both of these teams are going to kind of, you know, get out and want to throw it around, get it moving up and down the field. Uh, the Rams, I think were without two, they lost two cornerbacks last week. So they're going to be, you know, uphill defensively. That's going to be tough. Uh, Arizona has shown a propensity to give up a lot of points and a lot of yards and kind of quick bursts this week, this year. So, uh, I, I think this has, a, you know, a shootout written all over it. They went over this number in both of their games last year, um, quite considerably, I think. So, uh, the fact that the number is going away from me, uh, makes me feel like I might be missing something here, but this was my gut reaction. I said, Oh, I like the over in this game. And the fact that I'm on the better side of the number now than I would have been when it opened, I feel good about sure. I'm not going to, you know, let's just take it, take it and run, do it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with this game just to go right into my, okay. my one year to play here is in if the reason it's my one year to play as opposed to my two or my three is that it feels a little bit square, <laughs> but I can't figure out a reason to take the Cardinals. So I'm taking the Rams laying the four points on the road. Um, I mean, Arizona, they had no business, obviously, winning that game against Vegas. Got absolutely tire-eyeing the week before against Kansas City. Um, like, it feels like nothing positive the Cardinals ever do dating back maybe three seasons now feels sustainable. Like, they're just, it's always the same deal where it's the ceiling's relatively high, but the floor is also tremendously low. Yeah. Um, and I just look at them defensively. It feels like a game where the Rams just could have their way offensively. It could be another huge Cooper Cup game. Um, maybe a little bit of a letdown spot for you know, the fact that the Cardinals are coming off that um, dramatic win against Vegas. Uh, the defense allowing 6.4 yards per play. Um, the thing with the Cardinals, too, is just the offense has been struggling early in games. Um, and this is another thing that kind of dates back to last season. We, I feel like there were several weeks where we talked about uh, the absence of DeAndre Hopkins on that offense and what it's meant for Kyla Murray. And we're seeing it early in games now where they're, you know, they're just struggling to get too many players involved. Um, the Rams, meanwhile, I feel like that yeah, week one, we saw them bottom out a little bit. Um, I mean, you you just, their pass defense has been uncharacteristically bad. Like I, I just think there's some things with them that they're going to work out. Uh, Matt Stafford, I mean, like, They've turned the ball over six times through two games. Like I, I think at some point that gets rectified a little bit. Um, so for me, it's just I'm having a hard time finding a path to victory for the Cardinals. And like you said, if this game turns into a little bit of a shootout, I mean, we could look up to the end and this is a you know, 37-30 type game. Um, I also just have like the, the memories of that wild card game last year still fresh in my mind. I think it was 34-11 where they just <laughs> flustered Kyler all game. Um, it Good just night. seems like a real bad matchup for Arizona. Forgot about that one in my, uh, yeah, that was, that was ugly. It was about as ugly <laughs> as it a, gets. That was a Monday night game, right? Yeah. Don't like that. Yeah. No, no that, that, no, you want to talk internal clock being yeah, all out of whack. That's, on that's night, certainly did. Um, that is the first one where I, I don't love, I, I might be on the other side. I don't know. I got to look more into that. I think the injuries for the rant, I just don't, again, I've been it, anti well, And I'm, and I'm coming year. at this from someone who was not all that high in the Rams before the season. I guess that's the thing too when you're when you're this early in the year is uh, I was meant, meant to mention this at the top like at what point do you start looking at rankings in, in stats like like relative like teams relative to other teams like I feel like right now in week 3 even we're still like 
kind of mixing in your your preseason it's, outlook. Yeah. It's stat dependent. Like it depends on the stat. I feel like you got like for me at least it's yeah it's stat dependent and like the I need EP- like a four game sample. Yeah, like the EPA thing I was saying probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it just kind of backs up that I don't think those defenses have been good. But something like pace I do think matters. Yeah, so, you know. So well, in a, in a lot of cases too, it's probably like a confirmation bias. Yeah, I mean everything. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> might as well call this show confirmation <laughs> bias. Nobody uh, can cherry pick them like us. No. <laughs> uh, for my one unit uh, play, I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts, six and a half point home underdogs against the Chiefs. As it comes out of my mouth, that I'm realizing that I'm getting in front of the, the Chiefs right now, which I, I don't love. Uh, when it's 38 to seven, like this kind of feels like me taking the Titans, like I did last week, you know, all over again. Um, you just said how wrong you were about. Matt Ryan. And I know. Marcus yeah. Too. But the, I'm kind of with you on this pick. It's a numberish play. Like damning the, for you. <laughs> this was like, I know. I think this opened as like a two and a half point spread back when the, the schedules first came out and, you know, ahead of the season. Clearly you can't make your pick base just on that. Like, you know, things have changed clearly with these teams. Like the Colts are probably not nearly as good as we thought they'd be. Uh, but I, and I guess you're never dead in the AFC South. It's a horrendous division. But, like, you got to do something at some point here. And, like, this feels kind of like a kitchen sinky type of game. <laughs> I, I think, you know, the Chiefs have been pretty good against the run this week, this year, but they haven't really been tested a ton like they will be this week. I, I don't know. Like, maybe the fact is that, like, Matt Ryan's your quarterback, and, like, if you let Jonathan Taylor beat you, you're a doofus. I just think that the Colts find a way to keep this close. I'm not entirely sure how they do it. It's a tough place to play. For Kansas City playing back to back road game. No, they're home. Never mind. Um, and they have a, a mini buy. So I just, maybe it's just a, a contrarian play where the entire world's going to be on Kansas City, it feels like. And I, I just like to think that the Colts with that many veterans are going to be, you know, they've got to have a stand in them, right? And maybe I mean, Pittman played, gets healthy. If Pittman gets healthy, I feel better about it. They played about as bad as you could play. It's been horrendous. Uh, that first week, they they were able to move the ball a little bit at least. It, it like it just feels like you're getting, perception wise, the Colts at their lowest and the Chiefs are right around their highest. Yeah. When in, I just gotta think that that both teams are, <laughs> the reality is more towards the middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the even the Chiefs, like that game against the Chargers, the Chiefs. Very easily could have lost that game, and maybe we're having a little bit of a different conversation if they're sitting here one and one after losing that. Right. Like I don't know if the public perception is quite as high as it probably is now. Um, this is all I'll say. So I'm I'm with you on this. Uh, you mentioned the Pittman thing. Um, at some point they're gonna get Shaq Leonard back, whenever that may be, I and mean, that's gonna boost the defense. So, yeah, I don't know. The Indy's a weird team. They just can't be this bad, right? That's my. That's part of the thinking too. It's just like, notoriously slow starters. Yeah, like this is a an annual event. So like, there's reason to believe that they're gonna write the ship at some point. Why not this week against one of the better teams? Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Patriots at all, or do you gotta go? Uh, yeah. Let's talk a little Patriots. So Patriots come home. Yeah, um, you know, okay. Can be late for things. Sure. Uh, Patriots home opener, playing Baltimore. Baltimore. Just Gagged one away last week against Miami. Or maybe Miami took it from them. I guess it depends how you want to look at it. Uh, but New England comes home th- catching three points at home for the opener. Um, how do you feel like, about this? Like, I'm at the point where, and they shut me up last week, but, like, I'm, 
I just feel like fading the Patriots every week. Like, I just – has your opinion of them changed at all for better or worse over two weeks? So, no, I guess not because I, <laughs> like I, I think they're yeah, seven. thought they were. They're seven and ten. I was ready to make them five and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I told you now. <laughs> I was <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the dark. I was uh, I was ready to make the motion f- activated. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Um, it's too bad we don't have the Twitch stream up and running. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, they were there. We go. We're yeah, going. the Undertaker. Uh, I was ready to make them five twelve if they had gone zero two to start the season. So like, I think it's a big win for them. Um, but like they, even in winning, they didn't impress me. So that's. That it kind of just feels like they are where they should be after two weeks. Yeah, Pittsburgh stinks. Baltimore, I guess, is better. They've got Green Bay in a couple weeks, so like they were staring zero and four in the face. Now I think they go get to two and two somehow through the next two weeks. And that yeah. feels about right. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that to, like I just don't know if how much has changed really since last year. Like they're gonna they're gonna get some wins against teams like. Pittsburgh and you know like that middle of the pack mediocre teams yeah. with mediocre offenses that they can kind of keep up with um but, anything, but ultimately it's like it's all smoke and mirrors if anything they might might be like Mac Jones might be worse like I, yeah they, I've fun. never been a huge believer in Mac Jones and it feels like this is regression in front of our eyes and not in the right way I did think that I wanted to mention this real quick friend of the program um he doesn't know it but he is uh, Joe Osborne, who's over at Vegas Insider, had a stat this afternoon. Said Patriots have been a home underdog 19 times under Bill Belichick, and they're 15 and four against the spread in those games. But like, so that's one of those under Bill Belichick <laughs> plus Tom Brady for the most yeah, part, right? That's so that's one of those. Although they probably were catching points when the Ravens came in here in 2020, and the the Patriots beat them, and like that monsoon on Sunday night with nobody in the stands. Sure. So they've got a little bit. It took of a monsoon there. on. Yeah, monsoon on. That, that, the rain came late. That was a yeah. Like the Ravens got the ball back late, and they were trying to drive down the field, and like it didn't rain all night, and then the skies just opened up <laughs> yeah. for that one final drive for the the Ravens. Um, yeah, I I the Baltimore's so banged up. They had even more injuries. Like Duvernay's got a concussion now. Um, their offensive line's a mess. I don't know. This is one of those, like... Their defense was gassed at the end of that. This is a very interesting test for the Patriots because, like, the Patriots aren't nearly as good as they used to be. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Lamar's not going to do anything on Sunday because that's what the Patriots do, right? Like, he could run for 300 yards on Sunday. It wouldn't... Yeah, nothing surprised me at this point with the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, their defense is probably going to keep them in it for the most part. I guess. Yeah, probably. Um, But it's just... Their limitations offensively, it just... It it makes it so hard for me to expect them to keep it within a field goal against a team that ultimately I still view as one of the better teams in the AFC. Um, yeah, like it it took. I mean, it took an an epic comeback from the Dolphins to win that game. Like that that was they were blowing out the Dolphins for a good chunk yeah. of that game, and then there was just the onslaught in like the Patriots' offense. It has. It can't come anywhere close to replicating any of that. So, yeah, that's the thing is like the secondary is an issue for Baltimore, but like I don't. Know. It just feels Baltimore just feels too fast for the Patriots. More so. That's than a good. Maybe that is an now. interesting and, point. And I think yeah. we're seeing that sort of another takeaway from the first couple of weeks is that it seems like team speed in general is becoming 
the most valuable asset. Which like, and this has been a trend for a few years, but it just feels like it now. Like, if you have speed, then you're you're off and running. Yeah, Steelers in hindsight don't feel like a that type of team, so it's not no. a huge surprise that. Yeah, I think the Patriots gonna get outclassed by those types of teams this year. Yeah, that's just what They're they are. Get, like, you the know Bills I mean? are gonna murder them. Ugh, it's. Yeah, they better hope that they get another game where it's where they have where they can run the, yeah. throw the ball three times yep. or whatever because it's going to take just an odd set of circumstances. Two best games this week: Buffalo at Miami, big one in the division, and also the Packers head to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. Bucks getting Cole Beasley now, so that's something to keep an nice. eye on. Um, I don't know. The, I we don't need to force any takes on that. I think those are the two games that I'm really going to be keyed in on this weekend. So yeah, I I. Obviously, I give uh, Green Bay a long look for one of my picks this week. Ultimately, liked it a lot steered. more at three. Now it's down to two and a half. It's yeah, I, I think that's really what sort of swayed me away from it. Also, I, the one thing I do want to see is how they're able to move the ball through the air against Tampa Bay. Like they had their way with Chicago when you you know when you're able to lean on your two running backs and just sort of slice and dice that Bears defense. Obviously, a much stiffer challenge this week. So. Um, now, how those young receivers adapt to facing the the Bucks defense is going to be interesting. So yeah, a lot of it comes down to the offensive line too. If they're healthy on the line, they got yeah. like their chances. If not, it could be a long day. I think the so, total is very low in that game. Oh yeah, it's like well, forty it's, and a I half. Mean, at some point, the the Bucks offense just the, the level of attrition that they've had so far. Like it's got to catch up to them, right? It's unbelievable. You know, if it doesn't lost, this so. week. When is it? I so, uh, I, I my early lean is the Packers there. Um, I, I guess the one other game that I thought was kind of interesting is. The 49ers Broncos. Yeah, that's 49. Like that, that line has swung in favor of San Francisco. Yeah, I saw that. And there's a lot of, lot of action. I mean, obviously, 49ers, good look for like a futures bet now. I, I nothing so. against Trey Lance, but it's just like, I don't know how the perception changes with that team, but they're right back to where they were last year now, right? Yeah, like, like they, there's less uncertainty. Maybe the ceiling isn't as high, but I just say, yeah, it's the a, volatility a case gone. of pro- it probably lowers the ceiling and, Raises the floor and ultimately probably doesn't have any impact on their market, right? Like probably not. Like it's it's strange that a team can lose a you know a high first round pick quarterback who's expect, expected to be the future of the franchise to an injury like that, and you're just like, eh. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a weird situation. That's yeah, true. Um, yeah, and who knows what this means for them long term? Again, like the entire. Equation could be thrown off again. Next year they're gonna they're gonna be in season three of Trey Lance and have no idea where yep. he is. Yeah, especially right. when he considered he barely played in college. Right. Yeah, and I mean this guy has barely played organized football. It's like a big thing developing from that draft class too, because like it's just looking like another lost year of Justin Fields, like or Mac Jones even. So who knows? Yeah, you could tr- throw at the Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. Zach that's, Wilson. Yeah, that's a. I'd be onto something. Yeah. Who are these guys? Nobody knows. Anything else? Nope. All right, cool. I'm going to try to go to my meeting now. <laughs> I'm fun with that. <laughs> um, that's Ricky. I'm Mike. This has been the Spread, Nesson's Football Picks Podcast. Go to NessonBets.com for all of the latest betting uh, action and analysis. Check out the live odds page while you're there. And uh, circle back to that space on Thursday for all of our week three picks. Ricky, it's been a pleasure. Always. All right, see you later.